The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Adam Stenko. Adam and I co-host a basketball podcast every week called Catch and Shoot. Adam is a producer for the Pac-12 network out in San Francisco. His wife is a sports producer, so they live crazy lives, odd hours, odd expectations at the office. And they've got three kids, 15, 13, and 2. So I've gotten to know Adam over the past few months and Something that always stands out is that he always seems pretty calm, but how do you actually balance work and life? I, I, well, I've always had the belief at work that nothing that I do for my home life should ever interfere with how I operate on a daily basis at work. I don't ever want people to see that. Um, but my home life has been kind of interesting. We have a really interesting family, obviously having the huge age gap, um, 15-year-old daughter, Avery, 13-year-old daughter, Bella, and and uh, two-year-old son, Hudson, now keeping us extremely busy because we've got, you know, the, the psychological issues of having two daughters uh, who are teenagers and then, you know, going through the toddler stage with the little man. So, um, you know, we, we I have a, I'm very lucky because I have a wife who is uh, extremely supportive and helpful and sort of understands the the daily rigors of uh, what it means to be in our business. So you don't bring home to work. How do you keep from bringing work home? It's almost impossible. And I probably should do a better job of of making sure I don't. But, you know, if if I'm answering emails uh, at home, and I think sports is obviously a part of everything we do. And as I was taught when I first got in the business that – people consume sports uh, when the rest of the world is, is at home and the rest of the world is off work. And so that means, as you point out, I mean, long nights and um, uh, late hours and, and working holidays and, you know, um, daughter's birthday, all of a sudden I have to work late on that night. So we'll have to find a different way to, to celebrate. But I think, um, you know, it also gives me a chance to unplug. I don't think, uh, I don't think I watched as much sports in my free time, even though we do the podcast and, and, you know, obviously being an NBA fan and college hoops fan and, and, and a fan of sports in general, I, I, I try not, to, I try to devote time to my family when I can. So for our relationship, my wife and I, you know, we still with between three kids and busy lives, you know, we try to find ways where we get to the movies once a week. So when we put the two year old to bed, um, we try to, you know, have one of the girls stay there and we jet off just to go catch a movie really quickly. And some days when I'm off during the week and she's off during the week, we'll go for an 11 a.m. movie while the kids are in school. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so we, we try to, you know, and we our interests align. We always try to watch shows together at night and she usually tries to stay up for at least the first five minutes of a, <laughs> of a show. You, <laughs> and, uh, you watch anything That's good? how we make it work. I don't know the Netflix Netflix story about the the missing girl, uh, Madeline. Oh, that, oh, right, the kidnapping story uh, you tell me about. Yeah, yeah. So we saw that, and uh, now we're we actually usually just go for Netflix, HBO stories, documentaries. I mean, my wife just you know won a Peabody Award, so she's she's uh, an investigative journalist by heart. She's now doing corporate stuff on uh, corporate events and, and videos in that realm, but. 
Um, so she has a great appreciation for the craft. So it's a lot of just like, we'll bail on shows five minutes in, um, because we don't like how it's shot or <laughs> how we think the writing is. <laughs> and so she can relate because we're both snobs about, <laughs> about TV in general. We're watching This Is Us, though, which is the rare network show that we, we uh, heard a lot about and we decided to just dive in from the beginning. Yep, and you know what This Is Us does to me. It's a uh, an hour-long lump in my throat, pit in my stomach, while Marissa looks at me and says, Are you okay? Are you okay? God forbid she cried. When, when was the last time that you guys looked at each other, you know, because of your schedules and, and family and, and said to each other, all right, how, how are we going to figure this one out? Uh, it probably happens, you know, on a daily basis. I mean, oh. um, but between, between the schedules, the girls have, it, what's weird is right now going through the challenges of, of two totally unique parts of their life. So we, we deal with the challenges of the girls and high school uh, for my oldest. And then, you know, Bella's dealing with middle school and how hard seventh grade is and the challenges of school. And, uh, you know, Bella is is um, really creative and artistic and Avery's more of a type A and she gets to school early every day, an hour early to take extra classes because she's in a special program for environmental leadership. And then, you know, my son is like, you know, just running around like crazy. So it's the, the physical demands and being up all night because he doesn't sleep for him. And then, you know, shuffling the girls around to their different activities, whether it's swimming or soccer or track and field, but then also, you know, just being there for them, you know, for their friend drama and, and all of that. And I think we, every day we, we talk about, you know, what the challenges are. And, you know, my wife, you know, Kate wants to have a, another child, which is just, you know, more chaos to the chaos, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm excited about it just because we, we have such a happy family. And I think the biggest thing for us always for everything is, is communication. So, um, Kate didn't give birth to, to Avery or Bella, but she adopted them about four months ago and, uh, five months ago. And, um, there's love there and that's their mom. And, and so our biggest part of the family, regardless, everything needs to be talked about. And obviously I'm a communicator just like you. And, um, we joke a lot as a family, but and there's a lot of love, but we, we talk through everything. So if any one of them is having a problem, it's just, it's not acceptable to shut it down. And we just really together, I, I think that probably takes up the most, most of our time is that we have a lot of family talks and they're not like hardcore, you know, disciplined, you know, sort of a family meeting. It's, it's more just getting together at the dinner table and saying, going over our day and, you know, some of the struggles and how we get through it and how we can help each other. And, and we try to do that as much as we can. How, how often are you getting to sit down as a family for dinner? Uh, pretty often. We, okay. we never, we never are together for breakfast or obviously lunch, but as, uh, yeah, for dinner, we really try to make time for that. We, we, you know, we wait for each other and, um, yeah, try to find a made it, way to make that work. Although during the week, sometimes with different activities, it doesn't work out. And then the weekends turn into sleepovers. It's more that the girls have such active schedules now, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we really do try to get together pretty often. If there's not practice during the week, then, and I'm not working late. I mean, we, we, we can probably guarantee about three times a week during the week. Then that's a given that it'll happen. You mentioned Kate officially adopting Avery and Bella. Mm -hmm. Four months ago, did things change at all 
when that officially happened or it was just a formality? Uh, it, it, it did change a lot. Um, but yeah, in some ways it was just a formality and, uh, and in others it, it changed a lot. I mean, it's, I guess the closest comparison I could give is, uh, the analogy is probably for people that, you know, have lived together for a long time and then got married. Um, yes, it was a formality and yes, it already felt like they were married and, and my kids already called her mom, but, um, and they, that is their mom, but, but, uh, it meant something. There was a permanence to it. Um, you know, the, the, uh, I was, I had Avery, I mean, uh, my ex-wife, I was married before my ex-wife got pregnant at the, um, before we were married, we sort of a shotgun married and then quickly had, had Bella. And, um, you know, she, she had, uh, she, you know, she had issues. She had issues with alcohol and, and other, uh, other issues. And, um, and, you know, we split up and, and dealt with that. And then she sort of, as she tried to clean up her life after some of the, the craziness that we went through and there were suicide attempts and a lot of different stuff happened and, and um, tough upbringing for the girls. They dealt with a lot of uh, really sad situations. But um, Kate came into my life soon thereafter and uh, really helped out with uh, a lot of things I was going through in terms of the custody and all. And it was a challenge for her. It was a huge challenge. And but the girls ended up in a, a really good place. I got extremely lucky with them. And I always say like a lot of people go through divorce as dads or, or moms too, but you know, and you don't have your kid a few days a week, you know, you're not, they don't sleep under the same roof. And, and that was such a depressing thought for me. And to think now that we have our family unit and it's just like any other family, um, the, 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 the backstory might be a little bit different, but to have it now is great. But you know, Kate came into their lives when they were uh, five and three, and it was an adjustment. And the reason that I would say that it meant so much to actually go through with the adoption, just like Kate and I getting married meant a lot to the girls, and they gave speeches uh, at the wedding. They gave a speech at the wedding that was just heartbreaking and just emotional, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. But through all of that, there was always been this fear uh, more so with Avery because she's older and she was a little more aware when everything was going on that, you know, this fear of abandonment, she was worried that Kate would, would leave at some point. And I think slowly but surely, you know, us getting married uh, was just another stamp of, look, this is permanent. And then, and then having Hudson was like, look, he is, we call him sort of like, you know, um, it's, it's the wheel, you know, he connects all of us. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, and then now with the adoption, making it official that she's their, their parent, um, it was hugely emotional and, uh, and to be able to go through that, uh, you know, they've always considered like Kate's side of the family to be family. They've been very supportive and, and big reason we moved out to California, but, but all in all, like having the adoption papers go through in that day and, and signing that over and taking the picture, um, just meant so much to the girls They they're, like, yeah, that's, that's their mom. And they, 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 that's their favorite. I mean, they love their mom more than they do me probably. I'm, I'm thinking back to what you said about Avery and Bella giving a speech at, at your wedding. How would, and, and not just the speech, but maybe those two in general, how would, how would you try to describe your pride in them? Oh, um, Oh, now you make me feel really emotional. Um, 
I don't, I don't know that I can put it into words just how proud I am of them. The, uh, my favorite book is mystic river. And there's a scene in, uh, in the book in which a main character has a, has a daughter, um, uh, the character that was, that was played by Sean Penn in the movie, but, but he, he, he has a daughter and uh, when he gets out of prison, realizes that sort of he's alone in this world. It's just him and his daughter. And there's this description by Dennis Lehane where he describes like that, that basically those two realized they were the only two in the world, but they had each other. And um, I sort of felt like that for a long time with my girls. Like we were going through this chaotic situation and, there was a lot of sadness, but between the three of us, like we could get through it and, um, to see like what they dealt with and how they matured because of it and dealing with a lot of, you know, the long nights of just crying and them not understanding why you know, the birth mom wasn't around or why she did certain things or, you know, and, and things she said that, that had them questioning, you know, me and, and, and all. And then, and then later, you know, Kate, my, my wife. So, um, it's been incredible. And then there have been these like seminal moments where um, they've done things and you just see from afar what they've done. And certainly giving that the speech at the wedding was, was one of them to be just so proud of them and to be able to present and how poised they were uh, and to write something so meaningful and impactful was, was huge and and super proud. Uh, But you know, then when we went for the, uh, adoption, my ex-wife actually showed up and it was the first time they had seen her in, uh, five years and they, they hadn't really talked to her in, in five years. And so, um, for them to see her in that setting, which, which they thought was going to be sort of this, uh, I don't know, the celebratory moment. And it did become that later, but the court itself they didn't even really recognize her and and so and uh my ex-wife showed up and her and her she's now married has some some other children and and uh showed up with her mother-in-law and and the mother-in-law gave sort of this statement in court and and said all these things about me and how I was as a parent and how I had been as a husband and and basically what was wild was you know that I refuted some of that and you know, always tried to stay above board and my girls then blew me away in the proudest moment I've ever seen. And both of them spoke out in court and said in, in such a calm manner, um, in such a mature way, Hey, that's, you know, this stuff's not true. Our, you know, dad said to us every day that this was our choice. The adoption was our choice. And is this what we wanted? And is this how we wanted our lives to be? And, you know, they always, I've always given them the chance to Hey, if you want to go talk to your birth mom, that you have the, the chance to do that. If you want to go have lunch with her or coffee, I mean, she lives across country, but if, if you wanted to do that, or you want to speak with her, or meet up with her, whether it be a week from now or 15 years from now, like I will support that and I'll be behind you. And Kate's been the same way. And so they knew that and they were armed with that and, and for them to express it and be so composed. And, uh, it was incredible. Both spoke at court and I was, I was, bawling and uh, I still get really emotional thinking about that day but in general uh, yeah I mean I'm proud of everything that they do and and uh, just who they become and just the, the love we have as a family and seeing them with Kate just I mean that lights me up it's like my favorite thing and now with Hudson seeing them help raise Hudson 
is just the best. There's there's nothing better than than uh, those kids. Because they want him to feel the security that they didn't feel as when they were two years old. Yeah, and it was it was tough. I mean, uh, when you know we first told the girls that that uh, we were having a baby. I mean, certainly Avery again, like was you know she didn't know how to take it, and I think she was just caught off guard. And I understood the feeling because. I'm one of three brothers and my youngest brother is 10, you know, 11 years younger than I am. And so I knew what it was like to, to be hit with the shock and what would this mean? And, you know, as a, as a firstborn and is there still going to be that love there? And, Oh, okay, here comes that abandonment fear again. And, uh, and so now to watch those two, especially, I mean, Bella was into it from the jump, but to watch Avery, you know, as a 15 year old with a two year old and just how excited she is. And I mean, Hudson like idolizes her you know, and, and always talks about her. So yeah. And they're so good with him. They've always been great with, with kids, but to watch them with, with him is just, it's incredible. It really, it really is incredible. And another one. I mean, I've, I don't know. I mean, let's hope my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's get through this. Uh, let's get through this interview and then we can start thinking about <laughs> number four. But I honestly, I think there's sort of, you know, having gone through, uh, we've gone through stuff that's about as hard as it gets. Yeah. And so I think when you deal with a lot of that, you know, nothing feels all that intimidating to you. You know, you can get through it just like anything else. And so I think that's the one great lesson in this. And, and what we've really appreciated throughout the whole thing is that there was a time where it felt like we'd never get out from under this black cloud. And, it, you know, and, and coming to California was a huge part of that. We were in Connecticut, Kate and I were both working for ESPN. And, and so when we had the chance to come out to Northern California and, you know, which her family was here, it's where she grew up. It's her, she had a whole support system and we had a support system and, and it, it wasn't easy. And she spent, she gave up her career really. I mean, Kate spent the first two years, she left ESPN, spent two years just uh, making sure that the kids were acclimated to, to their new surroundings. So, um, but I, I think that once again showed, and, and as we look back on all of it, is that like, A, we got through it, and B, that we can deal with anything. Like as a family, you know, we're always stronger together. It's a, it literally is a team effort, and I know that sounds somewhat corny, but that's, I think, how we approach it as a family. They're all lucky to have... The two of you are really, really fortunate, and uh, I, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but I, I really do appreciate your your honesty. Hey, well, you're the best. I'm honored to to be on it. I, I, I've told you before, I think it's a great concept for a podcast, but more than that, I your curiosity is something that I think we, we sort of both share our view of uh, wanting to know more about people in the world and... Uh, you know, so thank you so much for uh, for having me uh, jump on with you. This is really I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. What Adam described—that's hero stuff. I didn't know all of that before we recorded, but what he described—that's what heroes do. He did it, and I can't even begin to imagine it. You can hear more of Adam's voice on our weekly basketball podcast. Just search "Catch and Shoot" in iTunes. We don't just talk hoops; you'll get to know us a little bit. Please subscribe to this podcast as well. Also listen to all episodes on vocalnow.com, V-O-K-A-L-Now.com, and click the five stars, leave a short review. You can do it in 10 words. It's so easy. And if you like what you hear, share the program with others, and 
We can continue this conversation on Twitter and Facebook at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>